Storm White was hanging out in backcountry Wyoming, splitboarding, whatever that is, with his extreme buddies. And when you hear this piece, you're going to be grateful as well. Splitboarding. What is splitboarding? Uh, splitboarding is a very obscure sport. It's a type of backcountry snowboarding. It involves a type of snowboard that's split down lengthwise, horizontally, into a pair of skis. It has about six pounds of extra hardware on it so that you can take these skis and use them for uh, traveling around in the backcountry over the snow really efficiently. When you get up to the top of a mountain, you can combine them back together into a snowboard ride down on the snowboard. Lines. Yeah, lines. You're seeing lines. Yes, exactly. Heaven. <laughs> it is heaven. <laughs> You're about to ride a line, uh -huh. and then what happens now? So, well, I mean, the first thing we do, we get up to the top, we transition our boards, and we drop down a line, and it's, it's totally perfect. I mean, it's the best powder that I've ever ridden. It's this beautiful um, day that's sunny with a few clouds. It's just a dreamy, beautiful, perfect day. Everything kind of starts out fine, and as the day goes on, we see more and more signs of avalanche danger. I see more and more signs of avalanche danger. Like well, I mean, the first sign we saw was a physical sign that was in the ground that said danger. There's avalanches, to be honest. That's <laughs> at a this good point. sign. Yeah. The sign said <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but avalanche that, danger. Yeah, but that sign you can kind of ignore. Well, I don't know. That sign you can kind of ignore, but then they're sitting around having lunch on a snowbed, and suddenly the snow drops six inches and it makes this big humph noise as the air underneath it blows out from underneath the snow warning yeah i am the mountain yeah i am giving you a warning yeah so what do you do well that's one of the clearest signs you can get of avalanche danger and um you know when that happened it was shocking because we were just standing there and we just all of a sudden dropped and you know, everybody immediately just started like laughing uh, people cracked a bunch of laughing. jokes yeah they started laughing kind of nervously kind of like with bravado everybody's laughing ha ha very funny but storm is a little bit more serious he goes right up to the leaders and says do you think there is a problem they confer they talk about it and they say you know what we're gonna split the group into two and decrease the impact on the mountain. People made decisions as to whether they were gonna follow the one leader to the right or they're gonna follow the other leader straight ahead. But when it came to me, um, there were basically the groups were uneven. Three people were climbing the slope to the right and six people were straight ahead. And so in order to keep things even, uh, my friend Ray and I turned to the right and decided to climb that particular slope. So. I basically had slowly, you know, without really realizing it, put myself in somebody else's hands. And I said to myself a prayer as I went up to that right-hand side, you know, please, fate, you know, whoever's listening, um, don't let this slope avalanche on me and I will never put myself in this position again. I will never go out in a group of people that I don't know. I will never go out in terrain that I'm unfamiliar with without doing my homework. I will never turn my homework in late. I will never cheat off another person. I will always eat all my vegetables. I will do anything you want, but get me off of this mountain, which is about to avalanche right now. I uh, did my traverse up to the right, went out into the clearing on the skin track, turned around, and I heard this very faint whoomph. And I knew immediately that I was hosed. Whoomph. Yeah, whoomph. And the whole slab of snow collapsed and dropped. And you I felt could. It? What's that? You felt it. I could feel it faintly. I could see the fracture line. 
and that slab started to move, I realized that the fracture line was right at my ski tips. And on the other side of that fracture line, the snow wasn't moving. And that's where the trees are. You've got a second to jump over. Yeah, I've got it. It's right there in front of me. I, re- I lean out over my ski tips. I take my right arm and I hook it, or hook it around a tree and just grab on for dear life. And the slab starts draining away from me behind me. And I'm like, totally safe. Totally safe. I pulled it off, dude. A fraction of an inch. And you're safe. Yeah, the whole mountain just was draining behind me. But then as I held on with my arm around the tree, um, was the sound of just thousands of tree branches getting ripped off of trees. I started to see these big like chunks, like styrofoam blocks, like water coolers bouncing down overhead. And as I saw those blocks of snow, um, as a surfer, you know, I have an instinct for <laughs> holding my breath and taking a beating. As the snow closed in over the top of me, I took my mouth and I pushed it up against the tree trunk. I found a little gap of air and I took a deep breath and it turned pitch black above me. And at that point, I knew I was buried underneath the snow. I knew I was having this bizarre experience. You couldn't hear anything at all. It was like being in an isolation chamber almost. It's pitch black. There's an immense pressure on all sides. You can feel it crushing you. And the snow mass is moving down the mountain. It's accelerating down the mountain, starting to go faster and faster. So I was actually gliding smoothly and I could feel my ski edges on the the bed surface. I could feel my butt on the bed surface. I could feel my hand on the bed surface. And I wanted to get my head back up above the snow. So what I was doing was I would try to balance myself and I would do like a huge squat and I would try to stand up and get my head as close to the surface as I could as the snow just started going faster and faster. Um, But all of a sudden, everything changed. All of a sudden, the conditions around me changed really radically. What happened? Um, I was in this portion of the avalanche, it's called the wave portion of the avalanche. And all of a sudden, I was going much, much faster. And I was um, totally suspended in the snow. So I was no longer, I no longer had any contact with anything at all. So you're in the middle of this nothingness, this darkness? Yeah. What did you feel? Oh, I felt that I was dying. I felt it was the end of my life. I mean, I was so deep underneath the snow that there was no, there was no light above me. There was nothing to feel above me or below me. The feeling that I felt was regret. I felt this feeling of regret times, um, you know, a million. What did you regret? That I had allowed myself to be in this position and that this is how I was going to die, this stupid way that I was going to die. Um, so far ahead of schedule with so many things that I wanted to do undone. You know, it's so strange because it was so intense for such a short amount of time, but just like the deepest sadness you could believe overwhelming um, feeling of uh, loneliness because it's such a, um, you know, being in the woods or being on a desert island that don't even compare to being, uh, you know, buried. There was nothing to hear. You could just feel the vibration of like this tremendous power of the whole mountain moving and shaking at the same time, you know. Still, you have some decisions to make. I hold my breath and that's it. Basically, I didn't have anything left. There was no snap decision. My decision, my opportunity for making the decision was long past. <laughs> you know, there's no, at that point, the mountain is showing no regard for my personal welfare whatsoever. The mountain didn't care. Yeah, not at all. Very, very, very merciless. Um, you know, uh, force of natures are merciless. They do not care about your person at all. Um, uh, you know, eventually, I, it's, you know, and it's impossible to know how long I was in there. I can't even, it's impossible to even guess. Probably, you know, it was a, under a breath. I was able to hold my breath the whole time. 
but the snow started to slow down. So uh, it left me basically in the same position I was in before. Put me down, I put my skis on the ground, I put my butt cheek on the ground, I put my right hand on the ground. I pushed myself up, I did this kind of mega squat. And um, this time as I pushed myself up, I didn't get my head above the surface, but it became light. All of a sudden I was in the world of light again and I could see these big chunks of snow surrounding my head. And I was able to find a little crack of snow as the whole snowpack around me was moving, moving, slowing down. I was able to find a little crack in the snow. I was able to di- to suck down a breath really quickly. And just as quickly as I did that, I was suddenly pitch black, covered in snow again. The snow was coming to a stop at this point. And so I knew that what you're supposed to do is try to get something high up in the air. And as I forced my right arm up, all of a sudden the snow above me broke away. My arm pushed through the snow, my elbow pushed through the snow, my shoulders and head just kind of emerged, kind of like a birth out of the snow. And um, the whole snowpack suddenly came to a stop and I was sitting there up to my waist in snow. I heard my friend Ray start yelling my name from up above. Storn, Storn. And it was just so heartbreakingly sad sound, actually. That's kind of what kind of brought the reality of it home because he was genuinely concerned that I was dead. And I, But just the acoustics of the mountain, for some reason, he couldn't hear me at all. He kept yelling my name. You tell everyone you're okay. You see your buddy Ray. My question for you is like this. Would you trust the people who you followed up the mountain if you had the chance to do it all over again? I wouldn't trust anybody if I had to do it over again. Um, I mean, that's what I, one of the, I don't know if you call it a gift, but one of the things I got out of it was that I can envision how scary it is to be underneath tons of snow. <laughs> and it gives me the courage to speak up and say, look, before we go, I'm going to talk to, about group, uh, talk to you guys about group dynamics and about avalanche, decision-making in avalanche terrain. You know, I thought I had this false choice of these two decisions, go straight or turn right, but I really had another choice, which is to turn around. And so, you know, if I took myself now, my current self, and put myself in that situation, I believe I absolutely would make the right decision. But, you know, it's powder snow. <laughs> um, there's always danger. There's always the potential for something to go wrong. And there's always the potential for making bad decisions. Anytime you look at a slope of untracked powder, you're looking at something that's unknown and you're looking at a possibility that it'll slide. And you're, there's no chance of it being risk-free. So, Storm, fantastic story. Thank you for being on Snap Judgment. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Base. Vision, dreams of passion And all the while I think of you A very strange reaction The more I see, the more I do Baby If you want to find out more about the world of Storn Check out this website Storn S-T-O-R-N as in never will I do this storn.com that piece was produced by Mark Ristich